this is where Texas politics gets interesting. Here again are two guys named Jason, some great guests, and cold Texas beer for another smart conversation on Yolitics, the unofficial political podcast of Texas. Hey again, everybody. Uh, thanks for being with us for another week of Yolitics. We are mixing it up this week. We have the great uh. Teresa Woodard. Don't, uh. <laughs> I can't live up to those expectations. No, Hello, you, everybody. You live up to those expectations just by showing up. Oh, you're and coming. when you're here in place of Jason Whiteley, that automatically makes you great. <laughs> when J-Dub is away, the T- other J-Dub comes in. So, yeah. You yeah. know, I don't know where he is this week, uh, and, and that's why I'm, I'm giving him a hard time. Uh, I, it's, you know, it's nice to be able to take some pot shots at him because usually it's him doing this to me when yeah, I'm I've not here. Yeah, I've heard them. I've heard them. Yeah, so have I. Uh, and so... <laughs> I don't know where he is this week, but I will say something good about Jason Whiteley, and that is he, you know, if you listened, I think it was last week, uh, he left a six-pack on my desk at work. I did uh, not know that. I, I didn't either until because I came in. Because if I in. had known that, I might have borrowed a couple of them. <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't know then. Uh, so he, uh, apparently, you know, he came in when I was, you know, out for a little bit, and, and he left this for me, and he didn't leave a note on it, though. And so I figured this must be from him, though, because we do the podcast together and we always have a beer. And I, I was reluctant to touch the six-pack. Like, you know, it seemed too good to be true. This didn't <laughs> seem like his character to just leave a gift. And so what I did is I've brought that six-pack back in. I chilled it. Uh, I've brought it back in, and I let Teresa choose a beer from it, and I've chosen a beer from it. And that way, if these are, in fact, tainted, uh, Jason <laughs> Whiteley <laughs> is actually going to have to feel bad because you're going to go down along with me. It's not just you falling victim. And so tell us the one you chose out of these six. You know, I don't know. I'm excited, maybe a little nervous to try this. (laughs) This is called... Cookies. It is a cookie dough stout. Oh, jeez. What? I gave cookie you, dough. I gave you six very different ones yeah. to choose from, and that's what you picked. I did, but there's a reason. It is uh, brewed and canned by Martin House Brewing Company, which is in Fort Worth, Texas. So you picked a Tarrant I County did pick beer. I Tarrant County beer. And you did that on purpose because it has a direct tie to this podcast. Uh, oddly, I picked an Austin beer. Well, that ties into uh, which also ties into this podcast. Uh, it's from High Sign Brewing. It's the Violet Blueberry Blonde, because Whiteley knows me. He knows I like these fruity. You do beers. like the fruity beers, right? I, it's ten to. All right, and I've got cookies, so, so I don't know what he's going to say about that. I, I can't wait to hear what that is like. Uh, so why don't you Ooh. go ahead and take a swig? Wow, that one came up yeah, out of the can you know, there. Eh, okay, maybe dropped a little beer on the laptop, but that's all right. Yeah, it'll it'll be fine. Um, oh, this is very blueberryish. Is that very cookie-ish? It's not very cookie. It's great. Okay. Well, I'm sad that you took that one now. (laughs) Whiteley, if you're listening, I need another cookies beer from uh, Tarrant County. Yeah, that's good. I like a stout, though. Not everybody I do, too. I like a stout as well. Um, Tell us, though, uh, why you picked something out of Tarrant County. Well, we're having a conversation today. Um, History was made in Texas. And maybe not everybody realizes that. Uh, when the session began down in Austin, uh, what's it been now? Maybe a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first, for the first time, two Muslim lawmakers mm-hmm. were sworn in. They are now serving in our state house. Mm-hmm. And one of those is from Tarrant County. Mm-hmm. And 
that's a pretty cool story. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, you know, it, it was unlikely uh, as of a couple of years ago sure. uh, to be able to do this from Tarrant County, except this district has gone through some changes. Yeah, you know, when, when a lot of people think of Tarrant County, which of course is the county that's just west of Dallas County, um, people consider it sort of that last bastion of an urban county that's still red. Mm -hmm. But it's undergone some changes, kind of moved to purple for a while. Um, it is a county that uh, Beto O'Rourke beat Ted Cruz in that Senate campaign. It also went for Joe Biden over Donald hair. Trump by a hair, yeah. by a hair. Um, so in the last uh, redistricting battle, mm -hmm. House District 92, which is in Tarrant County, um, is a district that Republicans kind of said, you know what, we're going to go ahead and draw this one for the Democrats. Mm -hmm. So it had been served previously by some hyper-conservative Republican lawmakers, mm -hmm. Jonathan Stickland, Jeff Kaysen. Um, and when they redrew it, it became somewhat friendly to Democrats. Yeah, so, so the way it was before, this Democrat we're talking to today might never have had a chance. I don't think he would have had a chance at all. And so a key although, change. Although some people would have never believed his entire story. That's true. Uh, that he had a chance to do what he's been able to do. So he might have shocked us no matter what. And we're going to get that story uh, here in just a moment uh, because he is in Austin um, and has taken a little bit of uh, time out of a very busy schedule. This is a really tough time right now to get lawmakers to actually commit to you. You know how it is when you start a new job. Like oh. you don't know how to answer the phone. You don't know where the bathroom is. You don't know all of those things. And that's what the entire freshman class is going through down in Austin. The last thing you want at that point <laughs> is, is a reporter calling a couple of them actually and saying, hey, can you get on a Zoom with us and talk to us for a, this specified period of time? Uh, but uh, he's graciously decided to do that because we were curious uh, what this is like to be, well, first of all, you're a Democrat who has flipped this uh, Republican, this longtime Republican seat in Tarrant yeah. County, uh, which is unusual. But again, you know, redistricting did help with that. But on top of that, you're one of two Muslims who are now serving in the Texas legislature. And that is a first. And we were wondering what comes along with that first, because his road getting here has been bumpy at times. He's, you know, experienced some things out on the campaign trail and so forth. Uh, and so we were curious how this has gone so far. So on the line with us right now is Representative Salman Bojani, uh, who is the newly elected representative in District 92 in Tarrant County. Thanks so much uh, for being with us uh, today. We really appreciate you taking the time, first of all, Representative Bojani. Uh, can you tell us uh, how it's been so far? You're, you're there in the office. I, I assume you're there in the office. Where are you right now? From the Capitol office. Okay, how does that feel? Yeah, it's a it's an honor to be in the state capital, to be working in the state capital for my constituents, and uh, you know, just it's it's an amazing feeling. I, I've worked in a law firm, I've worked in gas stations, I've worked in business offices, and now working here with with the flags. You know, just I feel so like official now. <laughs> you just talked about working at gas stations. Uh, for those who haven't heard your journey, remind us how you got to where you are, because. I think a lot of us would look at you and say, boy, that is the American dream. Yeah, I've been really blessed to live that American dream, actually. Uh, so I came to America when I was 19 years old and worked at gas stations, mopping floors and cleaning restrooms for $6 an hour. Uh, had to work three jobs, actually, to make ends meet and because you can't really survive on $6 an hour, even working 40 hours, 50 hours. So I worked probably 80, 90 hours a week uh, with three different jobs. 
and uh, eventually got to a point where I also became a cashier, then a manager, and then bought my first gas station in 2003. That happens to be in the district, actually, where I represent right now in Arlington. Uh, so I've, I've, I still own that business for a long time. And then I had four gas stations in 2008 um, when the economy sort of went through the downturn. So I felt like I need to go back uh, to school and sort of really, you know, retrain myself and pivot to a new career. And somebody suggested, why not law? And I was like, I don't know any attorneys. I've never like been able to be contact in contact with them. And so, you know, I feel like there's such an honorable profession. Like I'm right here, sort of a small business owner, and they're so like high and honorable profession. But somebody said, hey, just take the LSAT. So I took the LSAT and you know went to SMU, applied to SMU Law School. I got in uh, to the evening program. So in the morning from 6 a.m. to 5 p.m., I went to my gas stations and worked hard. And from 6 p.m. to 9.45 p.m. were my SMU Law School classes. And it took four long years. I'm so glad my wife was there with me where she took care of the kids and took care of my parents. Uh, and and I was able to focus on the on the business, putting food on the table, and you know going to law school. Became an attorney in 2013 and uh, worked at Haynes and Moon. That was my first job, where I met uh, Chairman Rafael Anchia, who sat right next to me and told me that it behooves us as attorneys to give back to our community. And so I started to work at uh, or, or I applied to be serving on the park board in my city of Ulysses. And I got you know I I got accepted, and so I, I served there for a few years. And then basically in 2016, you know, when we had elected our former president, that's what made me sort of become really politically engaged because he had just instituted a Muslim ban uh, from seven Muslim countries. And I felt that was unconstitutional as an attorney to discriminate based on religion. And so, you know, I felt like Muslims didn't have a seat at the table. And so I ran for city council. And in 2018, I won by 37 votes only and made history by being the first minority ever elected to the Euless City Council. And it was just a really, really amazing journey, really honorable journey. And at that time, if you guys remember, I don't know if you remember this or not, but my own state representative, Jonathan Stickland, had attacked me for being Muslim, for being- I do Democrat. remember that. I covered that story for WFAA. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for covering us. Yeah, there are a lot of news coverage we got. People came from all over DFW area and, and brought their kids, brought us cookies and snacks and said, hey, this is the good fight that you're fighting. And we support you, even though we don't live in Ulysses. And it was really a good showing of support. And in fact, you know, after I won, one of our supporters said, let's bring a cake to Representative Stickland and tell him thank you for being a great supporter of ours, because if without his interference, I may have not won. So right. it actually worked out really well at the end. OK, so you you, you set a first there in Ulysses, and now here you are uh, among uh, two people setting a first there in the Texas legislature. You're, of course, the Democrat repping District 92 there in Tarrant County, which includes Arlington, as you said, and Ulysses. Uh, also, uh, Dr. Suleiman Lalani, a Democrat from Fort Bend County, District 76, just uh, southwest of uh, Houston there. You two are the first South Asian natives and the first Muslim Americans to be elected to the Texas legislature. You've been on the job now for you know a week and some change, two weeks here, let's say. Give us kind of the good and the bad and the ugly, too, if there is that. What kinds of things have you been hearing from people since you were elected and since you were sworn in? Yeah, I've been getting really good feedback from people. So one of the first things that, that I really got a glimpse of was during the freshman orientation that happened early December last year. And I met a class of almost 24 or 28 freshmen uh, that are coming in and at this time around. And there's such a diverse group. There are a lot of young people. There are a lot of, you know, 
um, you know, different minority groups, and they have a lot of experience. They've been staffers, they've been city council members, they've been on school board. And so it's been really, really great so far. And so I would say that that new blood that's coming up, it's really, you know, refreshing. Uh, and, and another part that I saw, you know, early on is once we're elected in the state house, you know, it seems like there's no D's and R's, like it's it's been erased and we work together and 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 sort of for our districts and for the the great state of Texas, uh, that's what I heard a lot from Republicans and Democrats alike. That ninety nine or ninety eight percent of the times will agree on a lot of different things. You know, maybe there's a few times that we we may not, and we'll have to vote our district. And people said, hey, nobody's going to fault you for vo voting your district and representing them well because that's what you're elected for. And so that's the good part. Uh, at least, I mean, again, I, I like to sort of, you know, start everything with optimism and positivity and, and building a relationship. So another good part is that I'm trying to inculcate a relationship with all 149 state representatives and 31 senators. So my my uh, son had this great idea of taking a selfie with each state representative and state senator. So mm -hmm. I'm, I think at 141 uh, already taken. So if you go to bojaniforTexas.com, you'll see all the selfies I've taken with each individual representatives and senators. And so I have about, a, about 40 more. So wow. my son is keeping a tab on that. I'm, I just send those selfies to him and he <laughs> uploads them on the website and, you know, gets and make sure that all the accents like uh, Senator Jose Menendez has an accent. Anchia has an accent. So he puts those, he puts the district number. And so he's very meticulous about it. And, and the reason I, I sort of joke around with that is well, because it's it's so important to build a one on one relationship with, with with my colleagues. I did that on Euless City Council. So I just go based on my sort of, you know, just making sure that we have a lot of relationships. So in my Euless City Council, when there were seven members, I was the only Democrat and the only minority on Euless City Council. Mm -hmm. They elected me as a mayor pro tem for the city of Euless. So I, that I mean, means a lot. Been has there been negativity, though, to I mean, I know that you've dealt with that, you know, as you've come up through this career, has there been negativity too since this election? There's not. I mean, I maybe I know I haven't seen it, uh, but, you know, there's not any negativity that I have gotten so far, you know, being the first Muslim, the first South Asian, you, you would think I would get a lot of that, right? Everybody's really, you know, been really warm and cordial, you know, every single state representative. I can't say anybody that's been really rude to me or mean to me. Even the constituents, any anybody that I've had conversations with has been really cordial. So that has been refreshing. I, I mean, I, I can't tell you that I was expecting that, um, you know, and but at the same thing happened in Euless City Council. When I, once I was elected, everything went smoothly. Just it, during the campaign, it feels like it brings the really negative things out from people uh, because it's very politics, right? But once I'm elected, it was really fine in Euless City Council as well. So walk us through what it's like campaigning uh, as a Muslim, because I think a lot of times um, part of what we hear is is ignorance. And when I mean when I say ignorance, I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, it's because people are ignorant of Islam They're because they've never been exposed to it. You may have been the first Muslim that anyone met. So what was it like on the campaign trail? Um, did you did you get treated with respect or were there some people who the second they heard who you were, they shut the door in your face? That, that did happen at the campaign trail. A lot of people uh, even had, you know, experience, uh, you know, uh, last year, a few years ago, where somebody pulled a gun as well when I was knocking on their door. And I said, I'm going, you know, I I, I, I don't mean to you know, interrupt you and intrude on you. I'm leaving right away because I know as an attorney, Texas is a stand your ground state. And so they can actually literally shoot me and that would be self-defense. And so I know that. And there are a lot of people who basically said that, you know, Muslims are terrorists uh, and that, you know, if you don't eat pork, then you don't have my vote. 
people said, go back to Pakistan. This is not your country. But I mean, I think, again, I, I think you hit it in the nail, like, you know, that that people are ignorant, right? People don't know any better. So what they see sometimes on the media, they they see sort of Muslims sometimes doing negative things, you know, terrorist activities. And so they sort of form their you know impression from that. But I think if they really meet somebody who's actually doing good good things, they will see it slowly. And so and that's another reason why when I was thinking about what book to swear, you know, take the oath on, being a first Muslim, I chose, you know, I thought about it a lot. And I actually purchased a copy from the auction of the oldest English printed of the a copy of the Quran in the entire America, North and South America. It's printed in 1806 in Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, John Adams had a copy of this Quran and our founding fathers learned about Islam through this copy. So I, I wanted to sort of make that statement as well. And that's actually displayed in my office right now, right here. Um, you know, in, in so, and it's open towards the chapter 49, verse 13, that talks about uh, God has created us into different groups so that we can get to know one another. We should work cooperatively, regardless of our differences. And this is exactly the kind of thing I want to do, regardless if you're Republican, Democrat, Independent. I want to work together, regardless if you're Muslim, Jewish, or Christian, we should work together. Representative Bojani, that's interesting that you bring that up because I, I did see that you tweeted out uh, that you were sworn in while um, with your hand on that Quran. I wanted to ask you about that because I, I think that a lot of times when we see someone who breaks a barrier, who is a first, sometimes they downplay it. Sometimes they don't talk a lot about it. They don't bring it up. Other people bring it up. They sort of shy away from addressing it directly. Why did you think it was important to put that out there, to to proclaim that, to address it? Why is that important to you? Yeah, it's important to the community and to my, my family as well, how to really highlight uh, the things that have happened in the past, obviously, have not always been great. There's a lot of Islamophobia out there. I've seen it on the campaign trail, and I've seen it like in, even in my business in, during 9-11. We got a lot of discrimination for that as well. But I think, you know, to be able to turn around and say and, and show a positive face of Islam and, and say, look, here's what a religion believes in. And here, and it's not unique to only Muslims. Our founding fathers had that. So that was a, a statement in itself that there's a lot of people that want to learn about the faith of Islam. And that I, I don't know, a lot of people even don't even know the word Islam means peace. And so that's a religion that, that promotes peace. And I think I wanted to make a statement for the community and for so many youth within the Muslim community that are looking at me and saying, hey, you know, he's really carrying the mantle for us and really representing our community in a positive way. I'll give you a quick example. Austin City Council member Zoe Kadri, um, you know, I met him a couple of years ago and, you know, he said that I'm, I'm going to run for office one day because you inspired me to run for office in 2018 when you were elected to the Eula City Council. I saw you on TV and you were the first Muslim protagonist ever to be on TV for me, he said. And, and when I saw you, I was like, Muslims can do great things. I didn't, I didn't know until you, I saw you on TV. So I'm sure there'll be so many youth out there that will be looking at that. And I wanted to tweet about it and I wanted to put it on social media. And so that way I can encourage them, inspire them to do the great things. And they're working for our community. Like, I don't want to be known as just the Muslim state representative. I'll work for every single religion, every single Texan in my district and beyond. And I'll work for everybody, not just a small community member. When you talk about that district, um... House District 92, you, you mentioned a name earlier, and that was Jonathan Stickland, um, a very conservative member of the State House who represented House District 92 previously. Uh, then it went to Jeff Kaysen. The district has had some very conservative leadership, clearly. So how 
do, do you feel like some of those constituents might be having a little bit of whiplash and, and how will you ensure that you're hearing some of those people who um, wanted that very conservative representation in Austin? Yeah, and and I'm, I'm glad that you brought that because, I mean, it is it's sort of a karma and sort of poetic justice, right, that he attacked me in 2018, and I'm sitting right here in the same seat where he sat and, and attacked me. But I, I mean, I think the the your, 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 your question is really valid, right? There are a lot of Republicans who didn't vote for me. And so how do I represent them? So on Ulysses City Council, I had reached out to a lot of people in the community, in the district, and saying, hey, look, I, I want to represent you as well. And it was so nice that yesterday, there was a constituent that just walked in uh, and he hadn't made an appointment or whatnot. He was just, I, I met him right away. And he said, representative, I did not vote for you or I did not, you know, I, I'm a Republican. And I wanna make sure that you represent Republicans, independents and Democrats. I was like, absolutely. That is exactly what my goal is. And so I will, and I told him, I wanna come speak to the, you know, UT Republican, uh, you know, college members, right? So that way, I'm resonating with everybody because my goal is to represent, especially those people that did not vote for me, because I want to make sure that I'm a representative for everybody and especially the, the Republicans, because I think they may have some things that are resonating really well with me. For example, economy, like I'm a business owner. And so a lot of Republicans feel that, oh, there's, you know, we need to have the strong economy continue that. And I already went in, in there uh, when during the campaign mode. And when I knocked on doors, I talked about, I want to continue to build on a strong economy as a business owner, as an attorney. And so they like that as well. And generally speaking, as I knocked on 45,000 doors in my district, I think, you know, I, I heard that there's so much polarization in our state. And my job is to reduce that and say, hey, look, regardless of your political ideology, I'm there to represent you. When you are one of the first two Muslim Americans, though, elected to the Texas legislature, that makes big headlines that don't necessarily stop at the borders of this state. I'm curious uh, if, you know, since you have you know, made history here, have you been hearing from elected leaders uh, well beyond Texas or the, the party uh, outside of Texas, the national party? Yeah, um, I've heard from uh, people from Atlanta, Georgia, people from Chicago, New York, and other, other elected officials that have reached out, because I think this particular 2022 election year, there have been a lot of first Muslims elected nationwide in their state legislators, legislatures, you know, in Senate, as well as in the House. Uh, I also heard from elected officials in Canada, uh, heard from, you know, some folks in Kenya as well where my story went really viral and because, you know, it gives a lot of hope to people from different minority groups that, you know, if I could do it, and I'm the first generation, right? I'm not the second generation that does not have to worry about putting food on the table. Um, being the first generation, you know, and focusing all that. And I mean, I'm really, really blessed to have, like we talked about the American dream, right? Not everybody is fortunate to have that kind of American dream. I have been, so I want to really fight for to make that continue that happen for the immigrant community. Wow, Canada and Kenya, you've gone worldwide. Has that kind of surprised <laughs> you? It has, it has, um, you know, it's, it's especially on WhatsApp. I, I haven't even checked. There are probably 500 text messages on WhatsApp, uh, which is like very international. So people from Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, all the South Asian countries as well are really inspired because of being the first South Asian ever elected in the history of the state of, you know, Texas. Um, so I'm just really humbled by the pouring of support. We had about 300 people come to see my swearing in ceremony on January 10th last week. And it was, you know, a lot of chaos, but a lot of really good vibes and, and good sort of you know, um, you know, feelings that people were sharing with me on that day. It, it felt like my wedding day where uh -huh. people were coming, wanted to take a picture with me. I was just running around from here and there. I didn't even know where to go. I missed a meeting because it was supposed to be in some room that I could not find in the state capital. I'm still learning my ways around, right? I'm a freshman. So it's, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm not able to get to the places where I, because I, it's, it's a big building here. 
it is a maze, no doubt. Um, I don't want to uh, rain on the parade that is this this lovely celebration you're talking about, but you, you talked earlier about the difficulties uh, when campaigning. You also talked about uh, your kids. What types of things have you told your kids about rising above um, the the racism and and the um, Islamophobia that you have had to deal with? I guess I guess my question is, how do you ensure that that they can maintain sort of a stiff upper lip um, through all of this? It, it's got to be very difficult. It, it is. And so when, when I was running in 2018, it was extremely difficult because they were very, very little. Um, now they're a little bit older. So actually, they knocked on doors for me during this campaign. Uh, they made phone calls. They, they drew sort of, you know, the campaign flyers and brought a lot of people out. They were at the polls saying, vote for my dad, vote for my dad, every every person that walked in. And so I think they've seen a lot during the Euless City Council race and, and then this race as well. And they've seen my attitude has always been very positive. Like anybody that gives me negativity, uh, I give them a lot of grace because I think we need to, in order to reduce the polarization in this country, we need to give each other grace from across the aisle and say, yes, I'm here to explain to you that even though I'm a Muslim, I can be contributing citizen of the United States. And this is my country, regardless of what people say. My kids are born here. I, I'm a true American and America has given me so much. I can only give back to America. I cannot take any more from America than I want to give back. And so they've seen that nature. And I'll tell you, I'm so proud. My son has already bought the domain name Bojani for Congress. Not for me, not for me, for himself. <laughs> and so I'm really, really excited for the things that our kids will be doing. And he is He's applied to political science programs in the entire country. He's applied to 23 colleges as a senior, and he's written almost five essays per college. So think about 100 essays at least he's written. And every essay talks about, you know, what a historic, you know, campaign has this has been and that he's contributed to it and that he wants to run for Congress and reduce the polarization as well one day in this country. But he wants to start from the local level. So I've always tried to inspire the kids. You know, my, my daughter is doing great things with cross country and trying to, you know, she's already working on her first patent with USPTO's office. And so she's doing amazing things. And I just, I think my kids inspire me to continue working on this great mission that we have and to really, you know, bring people together regardless of our differences. Because I, so I try to now downplay the fact, hey, I, I mean, I'm Muslim, but there's so much work to be done for the entire community that there is a lot more in common. And that's the thing, three things I want to work on, right? Continue to build on our economy to make sure that we have quality healthcare and access to good healthcare. And then we have world-class schools. I mean, we, we are the ninth largest economy in the world. If we can't afford world-class schools, who else can? Mm -hmm. So we'll, you know, we'll work on these issues, which are really kitchen table issues. They're not issues that are, that are really politically parties or politically charged. They're just basic things that every Texan needs. Wow, you've had an impressive rise here, but when you start talking about what your kids are doing uh, at such a young age, oh, they I'm, might. I'm really nothing compared to them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My son is an Eagle Scout. I mean, he's climbed 14,000 wow. mountains. He's canoed yeah. in the Northern Great Lakes for 10 days by himself. Like he's the, these are phenomenal kids. I mean, not only my kids, but I see like a lot of kids around or youth it really inspire me. That's why you'll see me a lot of doing TikToks. You'll mm -hmm. see me, you know, the, the selfies that I take really inspire them. And by the way, I don't know if you saw that, but Houston Chronicle um, published on in their newspaper a selfie that I took with my family at the inauguration. So Aww. as they're talking about the inauguration, they're, they, they're, they're showing my selfie. I was like, I was so <laughs> humbled by that. Um, and by the way, the governor also tweeted about me a few months ago during the, actually the campaign. He didn't, I guess he didn't realize that I was you know, running as, as a Democrat or his team maybe, but he gave me a shout out during the Asian American Heritage uh, Month in, last year. 
and said that look how great you know Asian Americans are doing and because my law firm was featured in the Dallas Morning News and so mm. we've got a good connection and I think you know just trying to project so much positivity then hopefully that will make everybody you know understand I'm here to work hard for my constituents and get things done. Since you bring up the governor, I, I did want to ask you about one of the biggest issues and one of the most polarizing that we saw in this last election, uh, and that was border security. Uh, the governor made that the centerpiece of his campaign. And the reason I ask you about that is because I think you have a, a unique perspective on that. You came to this country. You emigrated here at the age of 19. You became a naturalized citizen. Uh, you're aware of what's going on at the Texas-Mexico border as far as the influx that we have been seeing coming across. You're aware of the resources that the governor has committed to uh, try to stop that and how much of an issue he has made that. I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on that subject. Yeah, I'm not very intimately familiar with the, the border you know, issues that are happening, but I think at the end of the day, I feel America and Texas is a place that is known worldwide. When I travel internationally, I don't say I'm from Dallas, US, I say I'm from Texas and everybody knows that, right? So I feel we need to have a welcoming attitude from our, from our you know, state government perspective. And hopefully this session, I think we would define us to see what kind of people we are as, as a state. Are we people that are welcoming to immigrants like me and others who have come in and really made Texas a great place to do business, to live and to work? And so that's what I hope that we we sort of project out there. I feel that there, you know, the, the border security issues should be held, uh, should we should hold federal government accountable for that and not spend our Texas dollars on border security because as a business owner, I'm really you know frugal from that perspective and trying to see how I can save money as much as possible and and especially not money that's not mine we should be even more frugal because you know i do a lot of investments as well so when i whenever i have investors money i feel like that is should be held to a higher standard and i want to be more frugal with that so i feel if we can start to save money from that project and and see how we can really uh, apportion it to let's say giving teachers a raise or trying to put that in our healthcare in the rural communities or you know in our healthcare hospital system that would be money that's well spent as opposed to combating something that the federal government should be doing. And if they're not doing a good job, I'll be the first one, regardless of what party it's in the White House. Let's hold our federal government accountable for that and make sure that we are treating everybody that walks in to our state in, you know, humanely and with the same compassion that we would have. Like when I, I, I tell my office here, anybody that walks in my door should be you know, treated and greeted with compassion, with kindness, regardless of they, if they are just a staffer or a representative or a senator, Everybody should be equal. And that's what I, we, I would tell people that are coming in, especially immigrants create so much for the state. I mean, this is a, a state that brings so many immigrants like me. I came 23 years ago and look, you know, I, I, how much they've given it to me and I've given back to the, the, the state. So hopefully we should continue that story of that Texas dream or American dream. Uh, Representative, as a Democrat, clearly you're in the minority in Austin. So I'm curious, um, how are you going to measure success this session? Because some of your legislative priorities, things you'd like to see may not happen. Um, so so what will define success for you? Yeah, I think um, I would start by saying that if we can have some of the bills passed, like we talked about, that are more down the middle, right? Because we, we, we as Democrats, we don't have enough votes. So how do we make sure that we continue building a bridge across the aisle and make sure that we can you know, talk about common sense and really kitchen table issues 
and work on compromising as well as collaboration. So these both kind of things in, in, in a better way. And if I have a good relationship with, with a representative that's from the, from the Republican Party, I think there is a way to work on that. Like, for example, I was telling you guys that when I was on Euless City Council, I was very in the minority, right? I was the only minority, only the only Democrat in, the, in a seven city council member board. But in 2020, after two years of them seeing me and me building a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with each one of them, I was unanimously elected as a mayor pro tem for the city of Euless in 2020. So, and how did that happen? That happened with the same way. I built a relationship and I said, I'm here to work. I'm not here to throw a lot of partisan rhetoric because that is that may not pass you know, easily, right? So I feel like I wanna try to work as much across the aisle and compromise on things and collaborate with, with the parties to say, hey, look, everybody has business owners in their district. Can we work on that issues? Because I think we have a lot more in common than we have that's, that divides us. So let's come together as one body and work hard for a state of Texas. I know you're a busy guy uh, these days, so I'll, I'll close with this. Uh, you, you've been on the job for just a couple of weeks now. Um, has there been anything that has stood out to you as a big surprise as an incoming freshman uh, legislator here, a big surprise, or has there been any frustration so far uh, early on here? Yeah, the only surprise is that uh, my schedule was extremely busy when I was you know, in, in, the, in my law firm and in, in the title company and all the businesses that I have. And here it's got even more busier and, you know, just the, the people coming into the office, which I love, by the way, everybody, you know, no, no problem in that. But just, you know, it, it detracts from the sort of the regimented calendar schedule that I usually have. I try to keep it to the schedule and, and keep on that. But I'm running late to everything. And then I'm like, but but it's it's OK in a way because I'm going to other meetings and they're running late. The floor calendar is running late. I, I'm like, you know, very studious and thoughtful. So I got there every single day at 945. I'm on my desk, on my chair, ready to go and ready to work for the state of Texas. And I'm like, it's 9.15, like nobody. So it's it's a different sort of environment here. Um, you know, not not the same, but that's okay, right? Everybody is different. And and I I'm I, I adapt myself to whatever environment there is, but I don't never want to forget my constituents who I'm working hard for. And so that's why I tell my staff that anytime there's a constituent on, if I'm on the floor, if I'm making... You know, if I'm doing an interview, if I'm doing anything, even that's important, no worries. You can always stop me to, for if there's a constituent here to see me because that's who I'm working hard for. And I don't want to forget that in the back of my mind. I even hired a district director already. A lot of people told me as a freshman, you don't need a district director. You get it after you come back. I'm like, I need it even more because I'm going to Austin. Who's going to take care of my people that are over there? And so I consider them as my family and I want to have like somebody that takes care of them. And so that's been a little difficult to to sort of, and, and that's why I'm here today in Austin. There's no floor calendar today. But today was probably one of the most productive days because I didn't have a floor calendar. My staff now today was the first day we have everybody has a laptop. Everybody has things that they need to get to work. And so I just can't wait to pass my first bills and really work for the people of Texas. Wow. Representative, you have such great energy and excitement. And I can't wait to talk to you when the session ends because I want to see where that excitement level is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope. I mean, I hope I have the same energy and excitement. I will learn a lot. I mean, I know there. maybe I'm too naive, maybe I'm too optimistic, but, you know, I hope that I can stay that way and really give my positive energy to everybody else and say that, you know, look, at the end of the day, we may be from different political aisles, we may be from different religion, but at the end of the day, who is our boss? Our boss are our constituents. And if we can really, you know, be truthful to them and say, hey, we're working for them and really resonate with them. So we'll be doing a lot of town halls. And I think if we can represent them properly, I think that will be success in my, in my eyes. And selfishly, sort of you know, when we're doing our team orientation last week, 
everybody sort of said that they want to have this office as the best freshman of the year class. And so that's one of the goals that we have that will define our success as well. But again, if our, if our boss, if our bosses really like me, I think that will be success for me as well. Wow. So we'll have to check in in six months to find out if you've, you know, gotten beaten down or if you still have that energy going. <laughs> I love uh, the positivity. Yeah. So, you know, I'm glad that we caught you on this day when everybody in the office has their own laptop and it's not <laughs> as chaotic and crazy as usual. Uh, yeah. Representative uh, Bajani, thank you so much uh, for taking the time with us. Uh, really appreciate the the insights and uh, good luck to you and all down there uh, doing the business of the people in the Texas legislature. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, y'all. The conversation doesn't stop here. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Yolitics. That energy is contagious. I feel I feel excited. Oh, I feel like I've just gotten a, an infusion there. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We're talking to him at a time when I have no energy. None. Like, you know how you just, you, you make it through one of those weeks that feels like you've just been battered all yeah, week long. Yeah, I, I kind of know that feeling. So mm -hmm. it's almost nice to hear from somebody who has a big job on their plate right now. They haven't even figured out how to get around the office. This guy's <laughs> still getting lost in the corridors of the Capitol. Yeah. You've been there. Oh, yeah. It's I, I can't find my way around it. It's tough. Um, did you notice, I know our, our listeners maybe can't see him, but we could because we were on a Zoom, and I don't think he ever stopped smiling. No. He didn't. He's beaming uh, mm -hmm. and, and happy to be a first. And like I pointed out there, you know, a lot of times it seems like people will shy away from that and say, well, I'm not going to focus yeah. on the fact that yeah, I'm a first. first woman to do this or first. Right. 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 We, we've seen so many firsts, uh, but but so often that person sort of deflects and says, no, I just I want to be like everybody else here. I want to be, you know, thought of just as whatever. He's he's owning both though and saying, yeah, I Rightly am the first. So. Everybody look at that. I want to be an example, et cetera, et cetera. But he's also saying, but I also am here just as one of many who is trying to get something done and I'm willing to work across the aisle. Uh, it was interesting that one of the surprises to him is how well he's been received. Yeah, but you, you know, know what? One thing I loved is that he talked about the importance of relationships. And I think, um, you know, I don't know, this, this might be a, a weird story here, but hear me out for a second. So I, I had the privilege of being at a Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, weekend celebration in the city of Arlington. And Opal Lee, who many in North Texas know, but for viewers who maybe don't know her, she's the grandmother of Juneteenth. It was really her, her um, life's mission to make Juneteenth a federal holiday. She fought for years, mm -hmm. for years. And she's succeeded. 96, and she succeeded just a couple of years ago. Opal Lee was at this dinner, and just being in the same room with her was amazing. She spoke briefly, and she talked about the importance of changing one person's mind. And what Representative Bojani was just talking about with people being nice to him and building relationships and taking selfies with people, it made me think about what Opal Lee said. And, you know, there may be people in that room who had a preconceived notion about what a Muslim is all about. Maybe they because haven't ever, never been you one got serving it. There. Maybe they haven't ever had a friendship, haven't had a relationship with someone like Representative Bojani. He takes the time to build a relationship. Maybe that one person's mind gets changed a little bit, and maybe they don't laugh at the Islamophobic joke that somebody just told. Maybe they step up and say, hey, 
you think that about Islam, but I know some guy who taught me otherwise. So I don't know. I, I just feel like the importance of the relationship building and him being nice and people being nice to him, just maybe, maybe that's a little planted seed that makes bigger change. I think that's a great point. And it does make you think maybe all of the representatives and, and senators there should all be going and taking selfies right. with all of the members. <laughs> maybe there's some kind of bonding that happens. I in don't that. know. I just I just like that idea, though. You know, I think it's harder um, to to make fun of, to laugh at, like I said, an inappropriate to fear. Joke. It's harder to fear when you know someone. Mm -hmm. So right, and and I hope that you know we've you know allowed you the listener to to get to know someone here and to understand a little bit more uh, about the dynamics going on in the legislature. One thing that struck me is, you know, first of all, I'm I'm envious of his energy level, uh, yeah, and I want some of that, and I wish I, he could put I, that in the I bottle. I do mean what I say. Like, let's check back in. Yes, I totally <laughs> at agree. The end of the session. <laughs> Not that I'm wishing that he oh, like no, gets taken down like carry that like I feel forward. taken down, yeah. you know. But yeah, yeah, like yeah. maybe it'll be inspiring to me. Like, okay, yeah. if he can keep going like yeah. that, I can keep going like that. But if you could just bottle that, and the other thing I've thought of, if you could just bottle. What he was describing there, I think that that might be the surprise to a lot of listeners because it kind of surprises me when he says he was told that you get to the legislature and you're going to find that people are going to get along with you from across yeah, the aisle and will be willing to really work with you. I was surprised with that too. And they're just trying to do the best for their individual district. It's not as partisan as you think. And that surprises me, and that makes me think, well, can we bottle that, too, and, and maybe make sure that we keep that all the way through the session, and maybe send some of that to D.C.? Yeah, but, you know, I think sometimes um, we have to remember that some of what we see is performative. I mean, right. what, what the, the, the niceties that maybe do go on when the cameras are off and you're just chit-chatting, right. does that carry over uh, to the committee hearings where people are just performing? That's something else we should probably check on <laughs> six months from now yeah. and just see. Let's just see I how know, that I went. Because and by the way, did you get surprised for a second? I thought we were breaking news that he was uh, launching a campaign for Congress. I did. <laughs> but you know what? I think we might have broken news for years it, from yeah, now that his, his son, son is. Right? <laughs> pretty astounding. We hope that you uh, got something out of this episode. As always, when you're here, we ask that you subscribe while you're here and that you let other people know about uh, the podcast because that way uh, you get these every week as soon as they drop. Uh, and uh, sometimes we do special episodes as well. And uh, this episode has been special for me. I love Jason Whiteley. He knows that. But every now and then, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> every now and then I just need a break from him for a week. And it is. Well, call me anytime, Jason. I'll be here gladly. You know that I will take you up I, on that. I, it is, I don't mind. My, my phone is, is on for you to call. It's wonderful to have you here, Teresa. It's a Thanks great for, treat to be here. this week. And cheers. And thank you for listening. We're going to go finish this cookie and blueberry beer Yum. selection right now. Have a great week. Before y'all leave, click subscribe to get y'all a ticks every week. And if y'all want to talk instead of listen, you can reach the Jasons anytime on the y'all hotline at 214-977-6020. That's 214-977-6020.